As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. New York strip steak? This is the Basketball Buds. Brazen. Beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Hello and welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore filling in for Zach Harper. We got Mo DeKeel and Jay King joining me. Little skeleton crew. Guys, what's up? I know you guys are all little bit uh, either hungover from a Red Sox game or from the Final Four. Zach Harper called out sick this morning because his Aztecs are going to the national championship game on Monday. I'm so happy. I'm so happy he called out sick. He would have been insufferable. <laughs> as opposed to would have been so any other day? As opposed to... But, but th- think of Zach when his teams win. And now think of Zach when his team is San Diego State, which never wins anything, and then had a buzzer beater to get to the national championship game. But I'll tell you what's a lot of fun, Jay. Watching basketball with Zach Harper when he has a team in the game. Because he is stressed the entire game. He's You could feel the nerves coming from him. Uh, I got to enjoy that yesterday with all that. And I just... I'm. Looking forward to tomorrow just because I want to see him have to suffer again. They're going to get just blitzed by UConn. They're going to get beat by 30 points. All right. And I'm I gonna, need you to take a video of I'm going to mark this time stamp. Uh, this is at the 120 mark on my on my recording. I, I, that way, when I have to go back and clip this for next week. Because, I mean, come on, man. You got to give. They, they've got a puncher's chance. They cannot score. They have as much skill as Mo DeKeel. And, Yo! And UConn is just as tough as they are and just as big as they are and actually has skill and shooters. It's it's not even going to be close. And it's I need you to take video of, of Zach Mo. Not I after need, that comment you just I made. Need to, no. I was going to be nice I, to you today. Now, good I luck. Said you have, I just said you have as much skill as the team that's in the national championship game. 
You said that so, in a very derogatory term, and you were bringing that yeah, team you down did, more. You did than try you to use trying. it to disparage a team that's in the national championship game. You can you can stop trying to backpedal right now. I see. Let's the not act like Mo Dekeel doesn't have an actual NBA resume that neither of us have. So you know, it wasn't as that. a player. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's I had fair. to play in the stay ready game. Trust me. <laughs> Sorry. So let, let's move on to the NBA because the NBA actually had some massive news over the weekend. In particular, Saturday night. News started to trickle out. We have peace, guys. We have labor peace. A new seven-year collective bargaining agreement was agreed to Friday night between the players and the and the NBA. And there is a mutual opt-out after the sixth year, just like the last one. And guys, there were some major changes, one of which a new in-season tournament is going to start next season. There's pool play. Baked into the regular season schedule, eight teams advanced to a single elimination tournament with the final four maybe taking place in a place like Las Vegas. I, now, I have talked quite often about how single elimination basketball is the most compelling that the sport gets, and we just finished talking about the final four. I want to start with this tournament because basically we all have been pushing for fewer regular season games. Try to find a way to make these games more meaningful, make the guys you know play in a higher percentage of games. Well, according to the to the math here, the two championship teams in this midseason tournament actually wind up playing 83 games in a season. So we're not <laughs> dropping the number of games. We are getting a tournament. Is the tournament just a cash grab? Absolutely. And you know what? If you're a, a team owner or a player or or the league itself, it makes sense in that. And your job is to, hey, this is important in the sense of, Let's bring in more revenue streams into the league. I'm not a fan of it. I want to cut the season down to 72 games, all that fun stuff. But I think the ultimate thing is th they got to get buy-in from the players. And I don't even mean the older players. It needs to be the younger generation needs to kind of take ownership of this because this is a way to increase the cap, which then increases the max contracts for them and puts more money in their pocket. And I think that's something that it'll be very interesting to see how that kind of plays out i'm just i am happy that everything's baked into the regular season it's not like these games don't count or this or that or or, or whatnot i am at least happy it doesn't really affect the schedule too much minus one game in vegas which i'm sure players won't mind being in vegas for what one question i have about that if you qualify for the eight-team tournament and that counts toward your regular season record are you in some ways punished for getting there and because you're playing, gonna play stiffer competition. You're gonna play one of the one of the best teams in the league, maybe lose that game when the other teams are sitting at home. I, I like I feel like you kind of get punished. You, you you're gonna get a loss probably. Every team but one is gonna get an extra loss. I, I gotta think that that championship game is not going to count towards your schedule. Win win or loss kind of deal. Like yeah, the 83rd yeah, game of the season. Having two teams, count. having yeah. two teams that have played 83, 83 games, and then when you get to whatever tiebreakers or weird situations and things like that, it kind of screws that up a little bit. So I, I mean, again, people, you got to understand. Also, we still don't know what the the whole thing. Right, looks that's like. true. We're yeah, getting. We, we don't have a lot of details, Like we're yeah. getting the this this deal came together late Friday, and and the most important thing I think is there is labor peace again, amongst the, the owners and the players, which is an important thing for the second straight CBA, I believe. Yeah, and look, we kind of suspected this, and Mo, we've talked about this a little bit on Nerder, like, 
the money is too good. No one was going to mess up the money. And to me, it was more about the finer points, cleaning things up, getting players to play more. And this is something that has come out of this new CBA. In order to qualify for, uh, we'll call them, you know, awards, season awards, you have to play 65 games. Um, now that, I actually still feel like that's low. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think 72, if you've got an 82-game season, I feel like 72 is a good number, maybe 70. But 65 is at least a number, and it's not 58 games, which is what you know it used to be to qualify for things like the scoring title or whatnot. I, I think that maybe that's a happy middle ground, that 65 games. How do you guys feel about it? Does it change anything for you? It just, to me, the biggest issue with the NBA has been that players just don't play enough games. And that means for fans who buy tickets to see guys play, they don't they don't get to see their favorite players a lot of the time. That means for marquee games, the TV games, it's often just a dud because at least one team is sitting a key player. Um, and that's a huge, huge issue. So I think a number of these changes could potentially help that, including this. Because all NBA teams, like, they – they determine salaries in in some cases, and so if you, if your salary is on the line and you need to play at least sixty five games, you're probably going to play. It. And if your team doesn't like wants to sit you and holds you back from playing sixty five games, you're gonna like that could create a divide between player and team. And but and I also think the mid season tournament that's another step toward getting guys to play in games because it puts extra emphasis on regular season games that otherwise really would not matter. And, and so I, I don't think that these are like perfect changes. I don't think it will eliminate the problem entirely. I think load management is here to stay because of the sports science and everything like that. But like they have to, the NBA has to figure out a way to keep players on the court more often and short of cutting down the regular season time, which I don't think was ever going to happen these are ways to try to get there. I the, the the thing we haven't even really talked about is the fact that all NBA is going to be now positionless. Which yes, you know, that's thank awesome. you. It's about yeah. time. Because so you five know what? best players get to, or fifteen best players get to be rewarded for having. You don't have to worry season. about positions and who's playing what and things like that. And and you know what? If Joel Embiid and and, and Jokic have this, the same type of season next year, it's not a question of which one's first team. They're both fucking first team. I think that's an important aspect with that. The the games played out. We, we could have, the, before you go, sorry. We could have a situation this year where the MVP is second team. Oh, like it's going to be yeah. that close I, I between almost Jokic think, and Embiid that it's <laughs> possible we have a situation like that, which would be wild. I kind of expect it because I think some people are going to be like, I voted for that guy MVP. I'm going to put this guy first team. Just feel like I gave him, throw him a bone or, or whatnot. I think that's something that's going to legitimately happen. Um, I think the aspect of the, the games played, I think it's ceremonial. I mean, here's the thing about yeah. load management that does, we scream it, but never gets heard enough is a lot of this is on the teams. Jay said the magic word, sports science. Those are the guys. It's those dudes that are holding back a lot of players. Like we've seen it. And a lot of guys do want to play games more often than, than not. And I think they get held out, held out by the sports science with it. And I think that's part of the, the whole issue of load management and those things. So I think that there has to be some sort of protection in there to protect the players who want to go for it. Cause yeah. there might be a situation where like, cause the contracts are so tied to these things, these super max deals and things like that of winning the, 
MVP or an award and it adds so much more money to you. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in that area and, and what protections are in there and small caveats there. But I don't think this changes load management. I think the problem Jay talked about is still going to be an issue. It's the second night of back-to-backs, man. Yep. I Those mean, are the ones. Just make the season longer. I mean, just it started the beginning of October and ended at the same time, three games a week, and you can you can still do the 82-game season and it works. Um, for, for me, like, Jay, why is the camera on your chest? <laughs> One of the Sorry, bigger. I'm trying. I'm trying to put on the the Red Sox game on my TV. Oh God! Hey, nobody hey, cares about work, your bum ass Red Sox. We're gonna be here for 20 <laughs> Listen, minutes. We're working. Um, I, I will. One of the things because I'm trying to start with the positives <laughs> of the CBA before oh, I get to the really yeah. weird stuff, guys. Um, they built in cap smoothing into this new CBA, which is a great, a great, great, great idea because the the previous cap spike that we had that, you know, the one that allowed the Warriors to sign Kevin Durant, um, we should have never gone through that. And it really threw the league out of whack for three or four seasons. I mean, remember the ridiculous money that was being handed out after oh, that? Evan Turner, Evan Turner remembers it. Yeah. Mozgov. Well, dang. I mean, and now that's been avoided. Didn't Joe Kim Noah get a big contract that year too? When he was totally done. The Knicks. Was that with the Knicks? I think yeah, it was I think it was, yeah, that was Phil Jackson. Wow. That was it's been a while. So the cap smoothing now built in. Cap increases are limited to 10%, which is good because the NBA is about to just this new TV deal that's coming in 2025 is it would have triggered a, a massive spike in the salary cap. Like we're gonna see a two hundred million dollar salary cap, I think, during this next CBA. Oh, um, the, the, the contracts yeah. for guys, people better get ready. Dudes are going to be making 60, 70 million a year very mm-hmm. shortly. Like yeah, you can have guys coming off the bench too, making 20. Yeah. And like the, and, uh, the, yeah. the number of what the $20 million player is five years from now is going to be drastically different than what it is, you know, uh, what we see now. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Okay. Now let's get into some of the weirder stuff. Uh, oh, oh, one more positive thing. Teams are going to get a third two way contract roster spot, which I actually love. That's, that's 30 new jobs for players. That's 30 more opportunities for players to break in the league. The two-way has been the best addition that to NBA roster building, in my opinion. That, I that's like those one more guy the Miami stuff. Heat will turn into a star. <laughs> one, one Until they give him a contract and then really they turn good. into Duncan Robinson. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. (laughs) So the two-way deal, that's a great one. Okay, let's get to some of the, the, the weirder new things. They have added in the new CBA a super tax apron. So essentially, teams that cross a certain certain threshold, which is $17.5 million above the tax line, they will not be able to get more money in a trade than they send out. 
They're going to lose all sorts of roster building tools. They're going to lose the taxpayer mid-level exception. They're going to be restricted to re-signing their own players, their own draft picks, and their own players through minimum contracts only. They will not be able to send out cash and trades. They won't be able to trade first-round picks within a seven-year window, and they're not going to be able to sign players from the buyout market. Now, this is particularly targeted at teams like the Clippers and the Warriors that can just print new money. But it's going to affect teams like the Lakers it, it eventually. It's going to affect teams like the Knicks eventually if they ever get good enough to be able to spend that sort of money. And so I want to ask you guys, is this needlessly restrictive? And will this prevent dynasties from forming? Because dynasties have driven the sport. This is stupid. This is... Punishing teams for being good enough to want to keep a core together and to add to that core. It's it's already so hard in the NBA to pay your own guys while maintaining a supporting cast. And if you if you look at all the teams with the obvious exception of like that weird situation where Kevin Durant ended up on the Warriors, but even then, like the longer you you keep your main guys together the worse the supporting cast around them typically gets because it's just so hard to replenish the talent around those guys and keep the talent around those guys. And you just have to make so many decisions already. And so just taking tools away from those teams, like, like why are we, why are we punishing teams for being good? Why are we taking away the ability for teams to spend extra money? Like if they want to spend extra money, if they want to do what the warriors are doing that God bless them. Like that, that should be part of this. And if you're an owner who doesn't have as much money, who, like, sorry, man, like, get you get your pockets up. I, I just I just think that this is this is a bad move. I don't I honestly don't think in a lot of like a lot of these moves will have a huge effect because honestly, like, what does a taxpayer mid level usually do for teams? It is very rare. That team good... for three seasons. Well, no, yeah, that's been, like that's been Danilo that's been Gallinari. The Mavs, the Mavs have been uh, screwed by that one. But wasn't yeah. Dante DiVincenzo a uh, the, the mid level? Like that's an important piece for the Warriors, right there, right? Like he matters. Joe Ingles. For the, Joe Ingles, another important piece there for the Bucks. You know, it's it's interesting in that sense. I would have thought there'd be more reward for guys for teams that build their own guys up. Right. And and I always kind of talk about it where I think like, hey, man, like Steph Curry's max shouldn't count that much against the Warriors in the way as going to sign um, whoever or the Lakers trade for AD. They didn't develop AD. It shouldn't be the same. They shouldn't have the same punitive values in that stuff. I feel like there should be a rewards for building your team from the ground up and whatnot. Uh, how about a reward rewards? So we're rewarding the players for staying, Mo. They, they get that super max, that designated max. So you're onto something here, right? Like there is already, we're built that in. We built that in, the incentive well, to stay. Well, what about the incentive for these teams? Or, or but the, the problem is how often is that incentive to stay really end up hurting the teams? What are the Wizards going to do? <laughs> right? right now that they've they've given um, Bradley Beal the super max, and that team sucks. They got talent and stuff, and as Zach would say, they're weird and they're fun to watch. They got a good coach. That team's, that team's a a a playing team, me, the rolling on the the treadmill of mediocrity. And I feel like it's just one of those things where that's why I feel like that supermax actually is so hard for a team to give. Jay, you're it's going to be really interesting with the Celtics and what they do once they have Jalen yeah. Brown's contract. And and you know I'm assuming he's going to make an All NBA team. He should. 
Um, and I think that's going to be put them in a different stratosphere. And then what happens to that team? It's a bit restrictive for a lot of those top level teams. I think this is going to create though, a lot more movement. And I think that might make things a little bit more interesting and, and spicy for the transactional crowd and things like that. It makes team building. You have to be a lot more precise with your team building and you can't just sort of meander about it as an organization. You have to make the hard decisions. Who's your core? Who are we building around? All right, let's go. And I think it's going to be those types of things. I'm not as negative about it as you guys, but I'm I'm more just like a wait and see mode in that. Like, let's see how these kind of plays out. Because every CBA has unintended consequences. Yeah, I, just think I actually wish they would have taken the opportunity to remove the awards from you know, the, the tie that awards have to contracts. Like I'm like, I, I don't have a vote for awards. I don't want one because of that. I don't want to have a, a say in how much money a guy makes. That's not my job. That's between him and the team. Um, I would rather they took that out completely. And that way these awards, they matter less to this guy's career, uh, at least in his pocket. I don't like that. So I was, that's one thing I was disappointed in that, that, that didn't go away. But uh, I, I do think that this new, I think the ability for teams to keep their stars, they built into that the last CBA. I don't know that they did enough to reward both parties for keeping the partnership together, especially given the way that things have gone the last four or five years where players and teams, they, they sign these contracts together in the offseason and then they're together for a year. That's not, yeah. it's not stable enough. That's actually long-term bad for your sports league. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players ever. And that guy's on his fifth team. I think that's bad. Yeah, that was a product of him leaving. That was his decision of course it more is. Than, than, than the other teams constantly moving him and stuff like that. If if trust me, if Oklahoma City had their way, he'd still be there. <laughs> well, so yeah. That's one of those things. Can we get to the really weird part of the CBA? Okay. Can we just get to that one? Here's the weirdest part to me. Okay. This is uh, and Shams uh from from the Athletic, obviously. Shams Sharania tweeted this out the other night and it blew my mind. The league's new CBA is going to give the players an ability to invest in NBA and WNBA teams, as well as promote and invest in sports betting and cannabis companies. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, cannabis company, I don't care about that. And it doesn't matter. But the other parts are very weird. WNBA team, okay, that's fine. Well, it's not. It's a different league. I don't understand why, why we have decided to marry them together when they are separate leagues. So NBA players, in my mind, why wouldn't they have always been able to invest in a WNBA team. So that one just feels like you're codifying something that is already a thing. Could LeBron James just buy a piece of the Sacramento Kings now? Like, I, I, how is this going to work? <laughs> that would be hilarious. I mean, uh, no, it's I, very I, weird. I, like, he owns the Raptors already. Th this is, <laughs> this is, <laughs> that was well played. This, this is one of the, parts of the CBA probably the most um that I just need to see exactly what the details are like is, is this going to be where guys can get equity in their contracts is it going to be where they can buy a piece of whatever franchise they want does it have to be the team that they're on like and then the the gambling stuff the how you can own parts of a sports gambling company and and have sponsored tweets or whatever like be part of sports gambling stuff 
Are players going to be right. like, hey, guys, get in on this triple-double parlay for me? Yeah. Hey, guys, here's the parlay you should be going after. <laughs> like, I don't know. That, that, it, feels uh, like that we've lost, it feels like we've totally lost the point on a lot of this stuff. And, and look, I, I, I complain a lot about the NBA just being a giant branding exercise where everybody only cares about money. You can point right here to this specific, whatever this provision is going to be, and especially the sports betting part, where they're allowed to promote or invest in sports betting. I, I think that this is absolutely awful. I think it's really bad. It's such a conflict of, of interest. Like, you could not have a bigger conflict of interest than, than this. I, I think this is very, very odd. I think the team ownership one's actually weirder to me than the gambling company ones because yeah. some of these team very owners, equally. some of these team owners, own stock in some of these gambling companies right, right. like it's like it's let's, let's not pretend like it's it's you know and 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 there's a lot that goes into that with all of those things it's a weird just what like i just didn't i i just the, the team ownership part is is the funnier thing of like yeah lebron owns stock and the uh, owns a little bit of equity of the oklahoma city thunder and, my you know, guess would be my guess would be they, they'll only be able to own part of the team that they're on and that it could be okay. Could so be what happens when they leave? into a contract? And yeah, I, so when they I, get I'm traded, just, I'm just speculating here. But but that would no, be Jay. My you guess. have to be exact. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's like 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 we any normal human being could sign a contract with equity in a company and have an ownership stake in that company. And players have never had the opportunity to do that. So I I think honestly, and and there are guys who who deserve equity in their company, like. Like LeBron oh. is the biggest example. LeBron, he was an organization by himself, and and anyone would have been offering him stake in their in their team, their organization, if they could have. There's and no question so, the players deserve. Like the question of like whether the players deserve it or not. I'm just fascinated on how is this going to work. Yeah, I agree. And the details need to be flushed out. I see the gambling stuff. I'm not too concerned about because I think there's going to be some sort of protections in there. For those types of situations, I think Dave sent me a text message yesterday. If DNP had to hold the under <laughs> yeah, or the something under. like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, or whatever. Like, I think there's going to be the NBA is not that stupid where they're going to just free will that and just not not have protections in there. They're very careful about that stuff across the board. And I think, you know, the valuations of draft DraftKings does not depend on you know, the, the if the, the Mavs hit the over or under in a game and things like that. So I'm not too worried about that stuff. It's it's those things that are a little bit like, huh, okay, the ownership one, I'm just, I just don't get it. We need more information before I kind of dive in with, with what's the full story there. I'm but just about- looking, I'm just looking forward to a casino purchasing a team. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm I ready for. Gonna, I, like, let's just do it. I mean, I'm sure we have, I mean, we already have owners that have part of a, the, the, these well, things, we, yeah. you know, so I'm yeah. not, I'm not too surprised. I mean, doesn't isn't Fertitta a? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, so we basically do have that. So okay, what's mm-hmm. what are we doing here with with those things? And and why why can't the players do it if the owners are doing it? Is more my my question on that stuff. The other thing I found interesting in the CBA, they did not eliminate the one and done rule. Ooh, now that makes actually perfect sense if you're a players union. And I think it was a missed opportunity not to increase the age for the players union, which protects your <laughs> players jobs even further as a, look, if you can, if you can say it's one year removed from high school or one year 
after your 18th birthday, right? Like, you know, 19 years old, you can say 23. You make the rules. And I think that was a failure for the union to not increase the age. I, I do think that, like, if your job is to protect the jobs of the guys that are already there, which is the job, it's not the future players union. They should have they should have tried to increase the age. I actually think it would make the league better if you had 20-year-olds coming in instead of 19, but that's neither here nor yeah, there. But the league would have been a look, lot better if, pa if you, Paolo wasn't in the league this year. Le league would have oh, been I, a lot better. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you you're a guy – literally just puts, said that. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think the players would be better. I mean, players pa you tell, tell me Paolo wouldn't be better a year – from now than he is now like if he played college but he'll be better seasons. he'll be better next year because he was on the orlando magic than Maybe. he would have been if he had stayed at duke for a year i don't know he'd be a grown man would have helped duke in the ncaa tournament and not blown <laughs> up so many freaking brackets um a little bit of breaking news while we're <laughs> oh look at that um Woj just tweeted uh sources with him and bobby marks nba and the nba players association agree to eliminate restrictions limiting a team to two designated supermax players this would have a huge impact for the Cavs. we have donovan mitchell and darius garland on supermax deals and evan mobley approaching the rookie extension pretty interesting there I mean, now that is actually big and wow it happened right, right while we were recording so that one's big and think about this previous offseason and how different the league would look right now if that was the rule we would have maybe had Bam out of bio in Brooklyn because remember the, the Ben Simmons uh, uh, trade prevented them from, from getting Bam out of bio. Yeah. Um, that one's interesting to me. And now that's another, another team building tool, I guess. But then how do you do that with the new prohibitive luxury tax? No, you just better be damn sure about those three guys. Like that's really the, the, the deal with it, you know, and, and can you build a team around that? And all that. I think I I actually kind of like it in the sense of this doesn't force them to have to choose. Okay, Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell, or teams that are in that instance where they really become in that situation where they have to kind of figure that out. I think this actually the one thing I'll say about the CBA on the cap stuff to a little bit. I think this actually says, yo, develop your fucking players, the third two way contract, all that stuff. Develop your players. And put more onus on development instead of just let's just go get the best dude. I mean, with those three-way contracts, NBA rosters are up to 18 players. That's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tools out there. And right now, I mean, like the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be dangerous. That's it. They, they've more effectively used the back end of their roster than any other team in the league, I think. And you're, you're now giving them yet another tool. And... They're a team that is going to be this this provision that just passed. This hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I gotta <laughs> fight back. I gotta fight back on that one because all their best players were first round draft picks. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like it's been done. You know, I didn't want to. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. 
trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lou Dort wasn't. Yeah. He found Lou Dort off the, the, okay. The, okay. The, yeah. The, like, I mean, they, I'll give you a really good job. They, they do a good <laughs> job of rotating that two way spot. Like they do a really good job of trying guys out and getting them in there anyway. All right. That's enough CBA talk. We've got the playoffs coming up soon guys. And the play in has, I, again, I'm contractually obligated to say the play in rules, uh, it is extremely tight right now. The Dallas Mavericks are a game outside of the play-in. They're a game behind the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to start with Dallas, man. Oh, no, no. Do the whole field. Do the whole field. Do the whole okay, field okay. Real quick. Yeah, all right. So the Clippers are the sixth seed. And half a game behind them are the Pelicans in the seventh seed. Half a game behind them are the Lakers in the eighth seed. Half a game behind them, the Timberwolves. Full game behind them, the Oklahoma City Thunder at 10th in the final play-in spot. And then one game behind the Thunder are the Mavericks. The Mavericks lose to the Heat on Saturday. That was a game that they needed to win. Uh, they just cannot, they can't get wins when they need them. And they have needed wins for the last two weeks. And you just can't seem to get them. I, it feels like it's over for them. I will it, go ahead, Jay. Uh, no, I, I just, I have no trust in them. I have no trust in them to win. Like they've had. They lost to the Hornets twice in a row. They've been in desperation mode this entire time, and they still can't find it in them to get stops. It is – they're obviously a, a roster that's not blessed with the most defensive talent. Um, but this is a team that's capable of winning games and especially capable of winning games that it desperately needs to get into even the playing tournament – if you can't even make the fucking play-in tournament without Luka Doncic, well, I mean, with Luka Doncic, that is such an organizational failure. That To have a player of his caliber who is on track to be one of the greatest players in history, who is one of the most accomplished players at his age who has ever played the game of basketball, and you can't put the cast around him to even get past the Oklahoma City Thunder to get into the play-in tournament, Luka should be looking at his own situation and thinking this franchise needs to change so much to get me to be happy where I am. Everything you said uh, is correct. There's nothing else to to jump on in that sense. The one thing that's in the Mavs' favor right now is the schedule. With four games left, Oklahoma City has a game against Memphis, Phoenix, and Golden State. Though at, at the very least, Phoenix and Golden State have things to play for, right? They're playing for mm-hmm. seeding. I think Memphis is pretty in good position right there at the two seed, right? Like I feel like they're pretty 
They've got a nice cushion over the Kings. They got they a have two a two-game game lead over the Kings, right? The Mavs have the Spurs, the Bulls, the Hawks, and then the Kings, with the Kings being their toughest game. The Bulls are three games up. It looks like they're pretty solid in the in the playing tournament in the East. I think the Hawks are in good position at the very least to make the playing tournament. They're not gonna actually they're not gonna be fighting to try to get out of the playing tournament. They're kind of set where they're at, whether it becomes the eight or nine seed is a question. But like that's gonna be the what it comes down to right now is the schedule and just the order of that. And if OKC can win some of those tough games that they're gonna have coming up, because Phoenix is gonna play KD because they need to get <laughs> some sort of rhythm. They have a game and a half lead on uh cushion on the Warriors for home court in that four or five series, and the Warriors only have a half game lead up on the Clippers and really a one game lead up on the Pelicans to stay out of the playing tournament. So like that's going to, that's what it's going to come down to right there. And the uh, race, Dallas the is, race to Dallas try to get in Atlanta the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge game. That's a Dallas huge is game. in Atlanta. Trey young has a chance to basically, I think if they, I think if Atlanta can win this game today, that, that could ruin Dallas's season. That could be the, oh. they could close the door today and Trey Young has a chance to do it. And this is why, like basketball is like kind of poetic, right? Like, I love how this stuff works out. There's been always been, you know, there's this tie between Trey and, and Luca and everyone has felt, and rightfully, Luca's better player. Dallas won that trade. And so I think for a guy like Trey Young, who we know loves that kind of drama, this is going to be a must-watch game today. I mean, a lot's on the line. And then on yeah. top of that, Phoenix and Golden State or Phoenix and Oklahoma City is tonight, um, which means you will have already known the results. So part of this conversation can change drastically. The Mavs might be completely out of the playing tournament or two games behind. <laughs> if OKC wins and Dallas loses, it might flip around and Dallas might be in the playing tournament and OKC might be out. But that's kind of the constant musical chairs we've been having going on all season with the standings. Yeah, the, the, it, honestly, it feels like basketball sometimes where you're trying to, you know, where they do the whole recap of of the playoffs. And uh, man, I'm going with a really old movie reference, but uh, yeah, it, you're young. The, yeah, the the play in has really, I don't know, it's 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 inner and it's added this spicy element to the end of the season where we're just not watching teams not care, and it's nice. Even the Hornets, the Hornets, they they play hard. They they care. It's really no, great. No, only only after everything was over and said and done with, then they played hard. All right, so so as we're looking here, I mean, the Lakers look pretty damn good as far as coming out of the play-in. I think. How do you guys feel about the Lakers? Like right now, they'd be playing the Pelicans in the play-in. I, I feel like I just trust the Lakers a little bit more right now. I don't know. The Pelicans have been playing really well. I mean, they just came off a big win against the Clippers. Like, I think that was a big situation where the Clippers could have kept themselves out of the playing tournament with the win there, and then they lose that game to the Pelicans. They've been fighting really hard. I think this is one of those teams that, I don't know, man, the Lakers might have a prop, might have their hands full with the Pelicans a little bit if they play in that playing tournament. Yeah. I need, I need the Thunder in the playoffs. I need it. I want it. I think they're going to be there. I think this is... To be honest, I think this is the four teams in the playing tournament. Yeah. Well, it seems like I, I'm talking about the playoffs. I, I need them to to beat Minnesota in the first game of the play in. I need them to take out either the Lakers it'd or be, New Orleans. It'd be funny if it'd be funny if they took out LeBron. Like like Shea just tortures LA in the play in game. But <laughs> but they're the they're the time. I just I want to see them in the playoffs. They're fun. I think they won't 
they won't win a series, but I think they they could they could give some teams problems. Like that is a team that they're tough to guard, and and they have a lot of guys who can defend. And Shea is just hell. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, they'd be a lot of fun. It'd be whatever it is. Most important thing is they're playing meaningful games at the end of the season for the first time since you know after Russ and 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 Paul George, and I think that matters. And goes a long way for their development with all of those okay. things. But Jay, who do you want to see play the Kings? I, well, I was just about to say, Jay, this the is like King, a perfect the Kings setup just, for you. Uh, the Kings, honestly, like everyone is going to be trying to get into sixth place. Okay, because hold, hold that thought, Jay. Because today they play the Spurs in Sacramento, and if they win this game, they will clinch a Pacific Division title. Jay King, this is a perfect time for the King's Minute, and your minute starts now. See, see, no, this is unfair because I wanted to have a, a legitimate talk about the sixth seed, but now this is a King's Minute that has to be just fun because the Kings clinched a fucking playoff spot this week. For the shut, first up, shut, time. Up, Jay. shut up, Jay. Shut up, Jay. You're not doing this this shut up, Jay. Shut up, Jay. You're not doing this what? this week. No. You know why? Shut up. You know why? It's the Aztec Minute now. It's not the King's Minute. It's the Aztec Minute. That's right, baby. I'm full of Modelo unless they're not a sponsor. The Aztec Minute. You know why? You know why? Because I'm sick of you disrespecting San Diego State University. Bring on the Huskies. I want UConn. They're ours. Come here, boy. Heel, sit, lie down. Get the fuck out of the way of the championship. No. This is Aztec Minute, Jay. Shut up. You know why? Because Lamont <laughs> Butler went down and knocked it down cold. Oh, Florida Atlantic, you like analytics? Here's an analytic. The fucking weight room. Get in the weight room and pump some iron. Do leg day. Get those hip thrusts going. You know why? Because you can't box out against us, you can't get past us, and you can't stop us. Oh, no, Creighton, they got a big guy. Oh, no, get his big ass out of the room. You're not allowed in here anymore. Brandon Miller, Alabama, one seed, more like lost seed. Get out. It's the Aztecs. Tonight, Aztecs are going to win the national championship for men's basketball and ain't shit you can do about it nothing the kings can do about it nothing the king family can do about it and not a goddamn thing Khalid El Amin, Jake Bosco, Ray Allen, Rip Hamilton, Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker get all those bumps out of here it's time for Matt Bradley it's time for Lamont Miller or Lamont Butler it's time for <laughs> Darian Trammell all those guys coming through and busting your ass yeah you said it couldn't be done guess who said it March 9th I said San Diego State winning March Madness. Ain't a goddamn thing you can do about it. End the pod, Dave. No Kings Minute. It's Aztec Minute. Aztec Week. Aztec Month. Aztec Year. For Mona Kiel, for Jay King, for Zach. No, no, that's San Diego no. Aztecs. The Kings Bishop Fire. This has been the Basket Buds on the Athletic that, that NBA Show. That just had sunglasses on his side while he did that rant. No. The Kings just clinched a playoff spot. Hey, you